Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. I am fired up about this one. I think this is one of the best interviews I've done to date. And as I'm recording this on a Thursday, I just can't wait to release it on Sunday. So I'm glad you guys are listening to this right now. I got to sit down and chat with the head strength coach at Eastern University, Ryan Saltzman. Coach Saltzman came to Eastern during my junior year in 2016. He's been the head strength coach for the past four years now. He's really helped build a culture at Eastern and change the way the athletic program operates. I think he's done a tremendous job in the last four years. And as I'm struggling to get through this intro, I was really just trying to think about what made this interview special. And I think it was just being in person and at work all day. I'm asking people how their day's going and they just say, good, how are you? And as a podcast host, I'm getting to have 45 minute to an hour conversations with amazing people, being able to look other people in the eye, really understand how their life has developed, what choices they made. And I think that's such a great responsibility that I have. And it's also just helped me learn for the hour or so that I'm doing this every week. And the preparation that I'm doing has really just carried over into every area of my life. So I'm really glad I got to sit down with Coach Saltzman. He's had a crazy career, basically. He majored in economics, graduated, but knew he wanted to be in strength and conditioning. So went back to school right away, went to Westchester, had a bunch of different stops. He was notably at Haverford College and also at Rosemont College as the head strength coach there. Came to Eastern in 2016, like I said, he took over the all the athletic programs and also at the D3 level, you're also in charge of the fitness center as well. So he's responsible for over 400 athletes this year, also has basically 1500 students can walk in at any time, any professor can walk into the weight room and he's responsible for making sure they know what they're doing, that they're getting the help that they need. So I think he's got a tremendous responsibility, but what he's done with that has really shown and it's really changed athletics at Eastern. And I think it's so cool to watch that growth that he's made as a coach and what the athletic program is gonna do going forward. We got into what it takes to take over a program, what it's like to create a culture, how the little things add up and how just stuff that most people don't ever think about can really make a big difference in the success of a program. And I'm just super grateful that I got to have this conversation. I don't want to make this intro too long because I think the interview is just so good. So I'm just going to kick it over to that now and I will talk to you guys on the back end. All right, cool. We're live. I'm here with one of the best strength coaches in the game, in my opinion, Ryan Saltzman. Thanks, coach, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, awesome. Uh, it's a uh, tall, tall uh, compliment to live up to, so I hope uh, I hope it can help out. Yeah, so I, well, you were my only strength coach in college, but, <laughs> but um, no, you definitely had a big impact on me, so I'm glad I get to sit down and talk with you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I just wanted to get into your background in um, high school and sports, stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, around the Philadelphia area, um, played ice hockey. My dad made the mistake and take me to a Flyer-Sabers game when I was five um, and kind of got hooked on hockey. 
Um, it's actually kind of how I got into all of you know all of this is that you know growing up I ended up uh, playing club around the area ended up going to uh, play in the New England Prep League um, where I realized there were some really good hockey players out there um, and I wasn't in that top category but I started training with a, um, a coach down here um, who's actually a professor out of Westchester University where I got my master's degree um, and so played ice hockey in, um, in high school played football played lacrosse I uh, started playing lacrosse because I couldn't hit a curveball, um, and uh, that that was that. It was kind of uh, I had a lot of fun with it, um, and in high school I just had more fun with with lacrosse, um, and ended up being fortunate enough to get recruited to Trinity College to play. Um, you know, at that point I thought that I was going to be a, uh, a financial advisor. I wanted to go. I, I was an economics student. Um, I'd like to apologize to my advisor, um, but. The, uh, I really kept coming back to human performance and strength and conditioning. So I, I junior year, um, in the fall, I called my, my coach back home and I said, Hey, what, what would I have to do to be at that time, you know, a personal trainer working on the sports performance side of things. Um, and so he said, come, you know, come work with me at a summer camp, um, down in Aston at a ring called Iceworks. Um, and so it was the Jim Watson Hockey Academy, and we ran the, uh, the beginning portion of their training sessions. Um, and I, got, I fell in love with it. So I uh, went back, finished out at Trinity, and decided that, hey, I'm going to go right to school, and I'm going to kind of change directions a little bit. So athletics has always been kind of something that's driven me. You know, just uh, I've been, you know, we'd sit in biology class in high school and think about, oh, well, how would that you know, how would this, you know, discussion about, you know, anything really like the skeletal or musculoskeletal system, how could we affect an athlete doing this? Or how could, you know, how could we use this knowledge to help on the sports performance side of things? So that's something that kind of kept coming up. Um, you know, came home, uh, went right to school at Westchester, commuted from, uh, from the Cheltenham area and uh, went, took about two years of class within one calendar year and got admitted to the master's program there and kind of was off and running. Um, so I kind of got away from what we were, you know, high school sports. But, um, you know, I think with all the sports that I played, I was always in, involved in contact sports and that doesn't necessarily have to be, that might be where strength and conditioning kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really athletics has been something that I can't, I can't shake. I love it. Any, any sport really. Um, you know, I've, uh, my stepbrother plays cricket um, and I mean, he's only 12, but like, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where like, uh, I'm, I just love it. I love watching sports. I love helping people out with that. Um, and that kind of came from coaches that I had in high school and college that kind of molded me into the coach that I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a lot of fantastic coaches. I had one um, who stands out as our football coach when I was in high school, Dave Wisman who was an incredible influence on me and for as far as my, you know, development into a person, he would run our strength and conditioning sessions um, for football. And that kind of, you know, it, it all started feeding the beast, so to speak. Yeah. And what made you finish out at school with the economics degree? Were you just stuck at that point? So, yeah, I was far enough into my degree that it would have been, um, it would have been tough to, to change majors. We didn't have a exercise science major at Trinity, um, you know, 
like I said, I was thinking about getting into the personal training or private sector things, and so the economics degree would, would kind of help me out in that. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of why I finished. Um, you know, the opportunity at Westchester was, hey, if you get the grades and you get into the grad school, you can be a graduate assistant in our um, our uh, fitness center, our human performance fitness center. Um, but uh, I always thought the economics degree on the back end would help me if I ever wanted to open up my own facility. If if that was so, just kind of trying to keep options open. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a growing period because I didn't really like. It interested me, but I didn't really like the classes that I was in. It wasn't any fault of my professors. It just wasn't what blew my hair back. Yeah. Um, it, it was a challenge for me. I was talking to one of our student athletes earlier today um, about, you know, he was up all night studying. He had to, you know, reorganize his training session a little bit because of that. And I, you know, that's, I was, I, I told him I probably pulled about a month worth of all-nighters in those last two years just to make sure that I got, I got things yeah. done. Um, so it was, it, it, it helped me from, you know, uh, standpoint of, Hey, this is what hard work really is. If you want something, you have to work for it. Um, but it didn't come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, that's helped me out a little bit mm-hmm. as well. And I went to you, I think my junior year, I was basically in the same boat as well, where you're kind of stuck in a major and there, there's really nothing you can do at that point where you're so far into your coursework that it's like. I'm gonna to have to go to college for for four more years on top yeah. of this already. Well, and then loans and things. You know, college degrees aren't aren't inexpensive. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's that's something that you know it's definitely something to factor in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the nice thing about you know doing something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of different ways to get to it. So there's not one perfect path. You know, a lot of people uh, and there are a lot of great coaches out there who who take a very standard path where they have their you know, bachelor's degree in kinesiology or exercise science or strength and conditioning, and they go and they do an internship um, you know, their senior year, get a graduate assistantship at a big D1 school, power five school, um, and then they go on and work in that D1 world. Um, and there are a lot of coaches who kind of go, yeah, I really didn't like what I was doing. I wanted to do something else and something that I was you know, absolutely uh, passionate about and, and excites me and I can get up at four o'clock in the morning and go and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, I, I remember that conversation actually because yeah. we were sitting at my desk out in the fitness center talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where if you get, you get so far and you're like, well, okay. And I think that that's a little bit to it as well. Like, okay, I got to finish this out. I started something, I made a commitment mm-hmm. and I got to finish it out. Um, but I know that it's going to help me in the long run for, you know, what I want to do on the back end. Yeah, Exactly. And I wanted to get into your path to Eastern, but what was, so you graduated from Westchester, what's the next couple years like? So I graduated from Westchester in 2014. Um, I got introduced to a, uh, an awesome coach who's now at the University of Pennsylvania, Corey Waltz. He was at Haverford College at the time, um, right after I graduated, and he had a, uh, a small assistant position. Um, I was looking for something where I could, you know, progress and, and get, you know, kind of get my feet into college strength and conditioning because at Westchester at the time they didn't have a, a head strength coach okay they had my position entailed uh, monitoring the fitness center there was a class that got hands-on experience almost like an in-house internship mm-hmm. um, that would they'd run the front desk they clean they do all this stuff and then they would have different projects whether it was picking up personal training clients whether it was working with some of the teams that wanted to work with us um, so I kind of took, excuse me, I kind of took point on 
on the strength and conditioning piece. So, you know, we worked with um, you know, the softball program at Westchester's is great. Um, so we worked with, uh, with them for a little bit. Uh, cheerleading was actually the first group that reached out to us, which is kind of cool. Um, that was a new experience for me. Um, you know, men's soccer, women's volleyball. Uh, and those were kind of what, you know, I also coached, I was a bench coach for the club ice hockey team. So men's and women's ice hockey would work with me. Um, and then I would travel with them and go on, you know, go on road trips and be at their practices and things like that. So that's when that transition from, all right, I want to be a private coach to, hey, you know, I really enjoy the college, the college strength and conditioning aspect of things. Mm -hmm. um, a good friend of our family also uh, introduced me to the head athletic trainer of the Flyers. Um, and I got to, I was fortunate enough to be able to go and, and work with them uh, for their rookie camp in, at the beginning of July. Um, so through that, got introduced to John Shackleton over Villanova. Um, and so I had these two, two positions. So it was, it was uh, essentially a, a part-time job at Haverford College um, under, under Coach Waltz. And then, um, you know, an internship volunteer position at, at Nova when I could um, and you know my schedule kind of got screwed up but I was there for about a month and a half two months um, and then the season started uh, and they were traveling their schedule kind of kind of got all over the place and things picked up at, at Haverford um, and so that's really kind of how I got off and running on that mm -hmm. now uh, the Haverford position was was only paid for a semester so I was coaching lacrosse at the same time um, but position at Rosemont College opened up. Um, small part-time position, again, small small Division three school. Um, and so it was the opportunity to be a head coach and kind of uh, run my own ship. Uh, and that's that's a whole, that's an interesting, an interesting kind of thought process because if you don't, if you don't have a lot of experience, um, you kind of make, make opportunities for yourself in that sense and, and kind of you're allowed to make mistakes but you don't have anyone to say, hey, well, why are you doing things that way? Mm -hmm. um, so the opportunity at Rosemont opened up, um, interviewed for that. I was fortunate enough to be, be selected for that position so I ended up leaving leaving Haverford um, but I had to make some money. <laughs> so uh, I worked at a private gym up in Lansdale which actually has moved locations Iron Athlete um, to name drop a little bit. Um, Jim Warden and Sarah Zollers are, are there. Um, uh, they're awesome coaches. Just uh, gave me an opportunity to be a coach for them. I was their first kind of assistant hire. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did that for about a year. Uh, so I was at Rosemont part-time. So I'd get up 6 o'clock in the morning, go to Rosemont until 2 o'clock, drive out to uh, Lansdale from about 3 until 9 o'clock, and then drive back to Westchester. Hey. That was tough. So yeah. I was at Iron Athlete for, um, and it kind of gave me a good perspective because, you know, I had the college side of things, then I had the private side of things. Um, kind of gave me good perspective about where where my real passion lied. Mm -hmm. um, position at Penn Charter opened up, another scholastic position. Um, so I could still, as part-time, so I could still keep my head position at Rosemont but also be an assistant at, at Penn Charter, which is a private school just outside of Maniunk mm -hmm. in, um, in East Falls. Uh, coach there, he's still there, a uh, good friend of mine, John Estock, um, offered me the position, so I took that and kind of wanted to be wanted to be in the school setting. Didn't know if it was gonna be high school, didn't know if it was gonna be college. It was just kind of working to be a full-time head strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. So around December, of 20, 2015, because um, I started here in 2016 in February. So 
kind of halfway through that year. Um, two people, Coach, Coach Waltz and a friend of mine who I had met at uh, a summit out of the NCAA headquarters uh, for health and safety. Um, and I was our, our representative for Rosemont who got to go out there. Um, friend of mine who, uh, Justin Newell, who's at uh, Kenyon College as an associate athletic director, um, both emailed me like within, I want to say, 10 minutes of each other, uh, sending me the listing at, at Eastern. Uh-huh. Um, as full-time head strength and conditioning coach position. First coach, first full-time coach, because there have been a, a couple of coaches who come in on a part-time basis. You know, as the Division Three strength and conditioning world gets a little bit bigger, new programs are starting everywhere. Um, sent me that position, so I applied because I, you know, that was the, it was kind of like a, you know, staying local, didn't have to move because that's something that a lot of coaches have to do in in our line of work. Is hey, coaches are moving all the time, uprooting fam- their families. Maybe you know, then maybe they go and work, and their family stays in a central location. Like it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, so that was my. My goal. I was in, I was engaged at the time. Jeez, um, to my you know now wife and uh, you know wanted to wanted to start a family. Wanted to be able to be in this area um, and the opportunity to start a program. Having the experience of things that worked well and didn't work well at at um, Haverford and then at Rosemont when I was on my own. You know, felt like that could be. I had a good plan. Um, in my opinion, I thought it was a good plan. Yeah. Um, so, ended up uh, being offered the position at Eastern in 2016. Uh, started in, in February 2016, and I'm here now. Yeah. So. And to set the stage, we had um, so basically for up until February, we had no gym, we had no coaches up until that point. So I was on my junior year at Eastern. So we had no strength coach, no gym for the first year. So we were like hungry to get after it. What's it like to get in here when it's like teams are in season, there's, you got out of season sports, like what's that experience like? A um, lot, lot of pressure. The first thing that um, when, I, when I was hired here, cause we were opening the new fitness center and mm-hmm. everything had been under construction. So the room we're sitting in right now used to be where the platforms and squat racks yeah, exactly. were. Um, but uh, opening the new fitness center, getting policies in place, getting a staff, making sure that the whole campus could use it. That was like that was the first because we're campus wide facility. We don't shut down for strength and conditioning, um, and I think that's kind of a good thing. We do we do have some earlier sessions before we're open for the entire campus, but that's with a lot of our larger rosters. Um, but there's pressure because you have you have athletes who want to get after it. You know, in season in season athletes who are like, hey, you know, Division three, we can make we can be. You know, this is part of practice now. Um, whereas, you know, in the off season, it's it's completely voluntary. Yeah. Um, but still, like, hey, we didn't have anywhere to train. You know, I remember talking to some some of our athletes, and they're like, yeah, we were running hills, we were running down to Wawa and Wayne, and coming back, and um, you know, we wanted we wanted to train a brand new, beautiful facility. Um, and it's I think still beautiful. We're adding pieces left and right, um, but making sure that everything everything was set first was a big thing. Um, and then I think. You know, we were a little ahead of schedule. So the first, one of the first teams that I ended up working with was right after spring break, men's soccer came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, meeting with the coaches and getting to know the coaches and what they, kind of getting their opinions and what they wanted out of their training. And then providing, you know, kind of providing my own insight and kind of making sure that we could, we could incorporate what they, what they wanted to have their, have their programs do. Um, you know, we have right now close to, I think when I first started, we were just under 300 athletes. 
now we're about halfway to or just under 400 athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've added a couple of programs and, and those programs have grown. Um, and getting to know everyone's name, getting things set up. We used to use, um, you know, we use Team Builder now with the app on our phone, um, but we used to use those paper cardstock cards yeah. that, you know, making sure those were all printed off and the Excel sheets were set up. Um, but it was, it was exciting because it was in a position. I was in a position where people wanted to come talk to me, mm-hmm. um, so that kind of was easy. It wasn't like I was replacing anyone, and people were like, "Oh well, you know, you're different from our old coach. Like we don't know about you yet." People were excited just to train. Yeah, um, which is something that is. I was very fortunate to come into uh, a situation like that because I could. I could give the program. I could explain things, and um, we were off and running. Um, there were, you know, a couple of just like building, building a culture, I think is the number one thing that I wanted to look for. So that, the excitement was there, but how do we organize, how do we control or direct that energy? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that was the biggest thing, uh, for, for us was build trust, build the culture, and then we can start to change things and we can start to move and make things a little bit more advanced if we want to, depending on what, how well the teams were doing, um, how proficient we were, um. You know, are we are we paying attention? Do we have spotters? Do we have clips on the bars? Do we have like all those things that people might not have really thought about before, and some people still don't think about when they come into the gym? But that's okay, you know. Um, but it, it was it was really nice. I think you remember we had our we had our one one lift day with Coach Morris, and then we or with me. But that's what Coach Morris wanted. What Coach Mo wanted one lift day, one flush day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we broke out the bands, make sure we ordered all the, like the little equipment that we needed to, to be effective in mm-hmm. our training. Um, so that was, that was an exciting part as well, to try to make sure that we kind of, okay, this great facility's built, now let's kind of add a little bit of personality to it. Yeah. And did you know how much responsibility you were getting into? Yeah, when you started? There, there's, um, a little bit because I, you know, I I'd been fortunate enough to learn from Corey over at, at Haverford, and he was in a similar position. A lot of Division three positions um, are, you know, that kind of dual role where you're the fitness center coordinator and head strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, be able to speak a bunch of different languages in a way. Yeah. Um, you have to be able to talk to the professor who comes in who might just want to be healthy. Um, you know, a student who might not have never stepped into a gym before, but now they have this new facility. And they need some help figuring out, you know, okay, so what do I do? How do I set up a workout? This is something I got from my friend. What do you think? Um, and then trying to get the athletes who are like, hey, we've lifted before. We know how to bench press. We know how to squat. We know how. And sometimes yes, sometimes no. They do those things, but um, you know, making sure that that all of those boxes were checked. Um, you know, the 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 job description was pretty. Uh, pretty detailed when I, okay. when I applied. So, um, but the, you know, that was something that I had had a little bit of experience in, mm-hmm. um, both from being at Haverford and both from uh, being at Westchester, uh, because the, you know, we set essentially, and uh, maybe this is a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say plagiarism, but we set our policies very similar to the ones that we used at Westchester for, for our, uh, fitness center, the health mm-hmm. sciences fitness center. Um, because I thought that was a really good structure. It was yeah. very organized and, and kind of, I had a good template to work off of. Um, now we do things a little bit differently, but um, you know, those are like the little tweaks and, and you know, things that you gotta, gotta do to make it fit your situation. Yeah. Um, so I came in knowing kind of what, 
what the job was going forward, but you know, you get you get thrown curveballs. Yeah. Um, I've learned to hit them a little bit better when it comes <laughs> to the professional world. But um, but yeah, so it was it was. It was it was a tall order, so I you know we didn't open up for two weeks until you know after I got here. Yeah. Um, so when I was here, you know, five days try to hammer out all these all these word documents, get my staff set. I think I did one, I did two days of student interviews for you know fitness center monitor positions, which might seem to some people a little bit overkill, but I didn't want to, I don't want to take any chances. Yeah. Um, especially with it being like I wanted it to be big. So, yeah. Um, and I think we've done a pretty good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. And as a student athlete, you don't, I don't see all the behind the scenes. I think the the gym, the dumbbells are in, the the rack is here, <laughs> why are we not working out? So I think just hearing your perspective on all the things that you have to do is, is very interesting. That it's a lot of responsibility that you're taking on. I, I get a lot of good support. Um, you know, we, we have the, the caliber of student you know, personality-wise that we have here at Eastern, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of great people. Our student-athletes are very receptive to, hey, you know, we have that rule, eagles up, numbers up, you know, we want the room to look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, you know, our president can walk in at any time. We have, uh, you know, prospective students, not just prospective student-athletes, but prospective students and their families walking in. We want to make sure that we're, we're putting forward a good image of what Eastern really is from you know the the you know the best way that we can do that with our fitness center Mm -hmm. Um, because that's the only place I really have kind of a lot of influence on is 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 that so I want to make sure that people come in they go wow they really take care of their stuff they this is important yeah Um, and something so the eagles up on the dumbbells I remember our team got punished for that (laughs) on one occasion (laughs) But um, um, that was that was a barbell being left on the platform. That was that was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So what's what's it like to implement that kind of things where athletes might think, oh, it's stupid that we gotta flip every dumbbell around to make sure the eagle's up or someone left a ten pound plate on the floor where we think, oh, that's kind of stupid that we're being punished for this. It's a little thing, but what does that mean to you? I, it, it's an attention to detail kind of thing, um, you know. The little things. I'm a big believer in a lot of my coaching philosophies. The little things add up. So mm-hmm. if we do, if we do the little things right, um, I was never the star flashy player. So I had to do the little things right all the time. Yeah. Um, now, did I do them right all the time? No. And that's you know, if I was successful, I had. But if I didn't, you know, I I probably have to reevaluate. And, and um, but I think it's something about you know we 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 look at it as stewardship, right? So not the whole campus doesn't know about that that rule yeah um just our student athletes do so you know while we're a campus-wide facility our student athletes are in the in our fitness center probably more frequently than than a lot of our students are um just because the the extra responsibility that student athletes have as far as practicing and training for games and and things like that and um you know we want to kind of show show everyone on campus the way of hey we're you know you make your bed every morning Right, um, you know, you're not, you're taking care of business. You're not leaving clothes out on the floor. You're not, you know, you, everything needs to look nice and nice and neat. And it's it's kind of refreshing when you walk in in the morning and everything's set up. Yeah. And everything looks good. And it's it's kind of a, I think it's an intangible feeling. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, we take pride in 
how hard we work and we take pride in how well we how well we pay attention to the, the little things mm-hmm. um, so. one of one of my favorite quotes I'm not sure if it's Tommy Moffat who said it but um how you do anything is how you do everything yeah and I think just so doing doing those little things they add up and when you're putting the dumbbells back correctly and then that leads into you're getting your extra work on the tee you're you're getting your extra uh reps in on the on the lacrosse field before the game and i think all that adds up i think that's really cool and student athletes like people who aren't student athletes might not understand that they're you know they're coming in they're getting their workout in they're leaving it doesn't it doesn't matter to them yeah well and um, and um you know, it's, it's a lot of times, like you see, if you go into a hotel gym or you go into a 24-hour facility, you know, there's probably someone behind the desk who is supposed to go and put those things away. And yeah, that's a responsibility that our student workers have sometimes. But, um, you know, it just, it's not, it doesn't feel inviting if there's a bunch of equipment all over the place or mm-hmm. if the place looks a mess. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's important to us. I, I really love that quote because... You know that you could have you know from a programming perspective for for strength and conditioning for us you know you could have a decent program but if you're doing that program and you're 100 percent committed to it right you're going to see better better results maybe than a person who has a perfectly designed program but the execution isn't there or the intent um i really like that word that's that's uh something that's kind of stuck with me you know everything everything with a purpose mm-hmm. um if the intent's not there on that perfect program from a training perspective, you know, you might not see your, your full potential realized. So, yeah, for sure. So what do you think, um, the biggest change has been since you've been here? So it's going on four full years now. You're seeing people graduate. How's the program evolved? How have the athletes evolved here? So it's funny because now there's this, there's this homegrown sense of, of leadership, I think, in, in the weight room. It's that, you know, we'll, we'll change things. We've changed our warm-up. We used to have everyone do just a dynamic warm-up, um, and uh, now we have a couple of different warm-ups that we'll do. We have about four or five mm-hmm. that we'll actually do. And some of them involve, you know, some of them involve ladders, some of them involve footwork or some sort of movement prep. Um, we've added a lot of, um, I would say we've added a lot of Olympic lifting. When I first started here, we didn't, you know, the uh, capabilities, and I think you have to, anywhere you go, um, training-wise, you have to see who you're training, Mm -hmm. how, what's their experience in here, and and we had varied levels, we still have varied levels. Um, Now we've changed our program to accommodate for those varied levels. So we have about four uh, four levels from beginner to, I don't want to say expert, but very advanced. Um, some, in some cases, experts. Some people have really dedicated themselves to training and, and have excellent technique and um, have reached their strength goals and they're as strong as they really need to be for their sport. So maybe they have to, because it's not all about strength and conditioning. You think about a bunch of guys uh, throwing around big weights and like that's everyone loves that, right? Yeah. That's I, I personally love that. Yeah. Um, but that's not all that goes into sports performance. So maybe guys strong enough, he's not going to get any or she's not going to get any faster. Um, on the field by just doing extra strength work. So we have to incorporate more applied metrics with their program. We have to make sure that we're training, you know, the individual as much as we can while working with the whole team. Um, And I think, you know, we look at our program and we want to look at our program like, hey, we we feel like this is a division one program as far as intent and commitment. 
while still staying true to the Division Three principles. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, like I said before, all off-season training is voluntary. It's highly recommended. Will always be highly recommended. But you know, if someone has to go to a, you know, go to work, right? That's a very real thing for our for our student athletes. They got to work. They're putting you know they're putting money into their education. Um, they have to. Uh, they have class. They have to go to an extra study session. We're not. We're never going to hold them back from that. If they listen, if they're having a bad day, right? You know, sometimes training will help that. Sometimes training will, will exacerbate that. We don't want to. We want to really. I think that's a big topic in in the human performance world. Is how do we monitor our athletes? And that's been something that's talked about all the time. Um, you're looking at baseball with pitch count. Mm-hmm. Pitch counts. When I, you know, I, I always go back to the 20 or 2008 Phillies. Um, you know, you see Cliff Lee throw 120 pitches in a game. Yeah. You don't see no a lot of that anymore mm-hmm. um, because it's not always great for our, for our athletes. We yeah. want to make sure that we're putting them in, in healthy positions. Um, you know, I've, I've had the, uh, the support from my administration to go out and start, uh, we don't call them graduate assistants, but graduate students who are assistant strength and conditioning coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my first graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach is now the head coach out at uh, Millersville, Kyle Regensburg. I think you were just on the tail end of Coach Kyle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I have I have an assistant now, Brian Mizell, who's an athletic trainer by trade. Um, and obviously, you know, we don't step on rehab toes, but that's, that's helped us as far as developing prehab exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we try to we try to make sure we're hitting all of our, we're doing a lot more field work now. We're trying to make sure we're hitting all of those qualities that help build a better athlete. Whereas we were trying to make sure at the beginning that we were building that, that culture. Hey, we're gonna come in and train, we're gonna work hard. Um, and now as we see the seniors this year are my first group of, of student athletes who I've had all the way from their first semester of freshman year to now they're they're halfway through their first semester of senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing some they're doing some way different stuff. I personally love the Olympic lifts. Um, you know, if if someone can execute them properly, um, with some good coaching, and, and it, you know, we have we have to take precautions there. But um, that's something that we didn't even sniff when when you were when you were here. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a really good evolution. We started um, we started using a little bit more velocity based training. Um, adding some more technology uh, as they become more accessible to to coaches in our situations, um, you know, I think that's something that's going to really help us moving forward. Kind of really build out our program because that's something that um, you see a lot at Division One schools. I know I think there was an article. Another team in our conference is doing that or using um, uh, VBT with uh, some of their teams. Okay. Right. Uh, we, we want to make sure that we're putting our athletes in the best, our student athletes in the best position. So we're going to try to evolve with, with the technology. And if we can, if we can do that, um, I think we're, we're well on our way to doing that, but, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've kind of tried to get a little bit more multifaceted, a little bit more holistic, uh, for, if I can borrow a phrase, uh, from, from a coach who's close to me. So, yeah. So from, um, talking with you, I was kind of, thinking about the difference between a division one athlete and a division three athlete and for people who don't know division three athletics you're not on any athletic scholarship so basically if you don't have good grades you're basically paying for school by yourself so do you think the buy-in is quicker from a d3 athlete because 
they're get they're basically putting themselves through school where d1 athletes you might be getting handed stuff and you see the weight room as just this is another part of my commitment to school and to college i think that's a really that's a really tough question it's a good question but i think it can go either way i think it really depends on the individual um because you know you could get um you know, we have some athletes who have been away from school for a little while who are coming back who have real life responsibilities and real life issues that, that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and strength and conditioning might not be at the top of their list. Maybe they just want to play their sport and um, get their degree. Um, but I think you see a lot more passion from Division three. Not that Division one athletes are not passionate. They are working hard. They, you know, their schedules are very regimented. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to a very strong degree, but they're also, you know, getting to uh, get their school somewhat paid for. Yeah. And uh, like kind of like you put it, you, you said, now, do I think that can create a little bit of complacency? No. Yes, but no. Um, but with a Division three athlete, you're not, you know, you know, right? There, sometimes there's there's sports after college and sometimes there's not. With Division one athletes, you, you hear a lot more of sports after college for Division One athletes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you get people who really, they just, they want to play. Mm-hmm. And they're really excited about, hey, I get to play college athletics and, you know, this is something I love. Um, which I think helps me as a coach because I was a Division Three athlete. Um, and, you know, there are days where you don't want to do something and there are days that you don't want to do something. Um, but the, I think more often than not, when you see student athletes we want to create kind of a, a d1 feel like i said before mm-hmm. um you know you're going to get top level coaching you're gonna you're gonna get that care but you're also going to have someone who cares about you as a as an individual not just as an athlete mm-hmm. and that's not to say that the division one level uh does that where they care just about the athlete or you know who you are as an athlete that's not that's not always the case but um i think you get a lot less of that at the division three level mm-hmm. um so creating a environment or an environment where uh, you can have all of these different interests and be able to become a more well-rounded individual uh, I think definitely helps Mm -hmm. Um, and you get to see a lot a lot of good success and and personal development at at this level Um, that's kind of that's really I I do love the division three level because of that you see a full person developed Mm -hmm. uh, as well so and maybe I have some rose colored glasses when I'm talking to people like you talking to teammates that had a lot of success and for me personally from my freshman year I treated baseball was the most important thing in my life and I probably didn't enjoy college as much as most people because you know dude I got to get eight hours of sleep before game day or I got to get my lift in before class and I got a test to study for where other people I think are, you know, we have, we have an activity, we have baseball, we have a game today, like that's check off the box and then you're kind of going home. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I think it's, I think it's tough because, you know, you do have athletes like yourself who always in the gym, uh, not a lot of distractions. Like you, you want to make sure that, Hey, I, I, I want to be great at this. Mm-hmm. What's my path? Um, you know, and then you have some athletes who, yeah, I want to be great at this, but I really enjoy, you know, going and playing Fortnite for five hours. Um, I'll use it's, it's probably a dated term at this point, um, 
but you know rather than get my homework done or you know I'm up late at night because I'm doing you know X Y and Z I really don't want to wake up for a seven o'clock lift mm-hmm. um, I think you get a wide variety of that I we try to make sure that we accommodate that um, but it's it, it's definitely interesting because I think at both levels you have you have students who um, want to be great they want to they want to uh, succeed but I think you get the motivations might be a little bit different yeah, in that exactly. case. So I think that's, yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a really good talking point because you could go, I could go on for hours about that. I could yeah. also talk the bar cop the truth. So. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I was just thinking that as you were talking, but um, the care and the, the appreciation that you have for the program, I think, can develop people who are on the fence of, do I really take this seriously to this is very, something that's very important to me. Yeah. But I think that's awesome that we have a coach at Eastern like you. And like I said, we didn't have that for our first three years. We kind of were, you know, hitting our head against a brick wall in the room we're sitting in L- right literally. now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and we thought that, you know, that's going to make us tougher. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I wanted to, um, we were talking off air. You are about to be a father for the second time. I am so. about to be a father for the second time. <laughs> What's that experience been like? Um, it, dude, it's awesome. It's it's the best thing in the world. And I, it's really tough to to put into words the emotions that surround that. So I have a daughter who's about 16 months. She's coming up on being 16 months at the end of October. Um, and the transition is just, it's been unreal. From the time where she was born to now she's up walking around babbling um, becoming becoming a little human, yeah. which is really kind of cool. Um, and to be going through that again, um, there's definitely I'm definitely not getting eight hours of sleep. Um, but uh, my wife and I are very excited. We're gonna have another daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're both very excited, but like at the same time, um, we're like okay, we got to figure out how to do this, and we got to make sure you know your priorities change. Um, and so that kind of affected me for my first years, you know, being a father and coach, and okay, how do I you know, how do I adjust my schedule? Do can I adjust my schedule? What am I? Can I give as much as I want to the program? Much as I want to my family, um, and it, it puts you in a challenging position of growth. Yeah. Um, because you have to figure out a way. Like, you know, you're you're taking care. It's not like well, taking care of dog. We we'd had dogs before. Um, you know, after we got married, we both had dog before we got married. Um, but uh, so, you know, tiny human. Yeah. It's like, okay, hey, my focus is gonna be is gonna be here today, um, and so it, it's really it's incredible. It's um, you know, uh, a coach a coach who's uh, right before my daughter Scarlett was born was talking to me about um, gave me some really good good advice. Uh, when you go to the hospital make sure you bring trail mix because there's a chance you might not be getting food for a little while. <laughs> take, you know, so that was, that was a good one. I, I appreciated that one. Um, but, uh, the, the thing that stuck out to me that he said, he goes, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it in the world. Um, and I think that's, that's really a, an apt description because it's new, something new every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, there's like a switch that flips. Um, and, and you know, going from me I have a three-year-old nephew he's three and a half now but I remember right after he was born I was like I hadn't held a baby since my little sister mm-hmm. and you know like I, I was eight at the time 
So you know, worried that you're gonna you're gonna drop this this you know fragile yeah. life and <laughs> going and being in the hospital at three o'clock in the morning. You know, baby wakes up, going over and being able to pick her up right away, and and not feeling like that. It's it's really it, it's I want to I want to you know say instinct kicks in, but yeah. it's it's just really it's it's very cool. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but since I am a meathead myself, I wanted to get into Squatober. Oh man! So how's so, that been going? It's been going great. It's it's really good. This is my third year doing it. Um, Coach Regensburg out at uh, out of Millersville got me into it when he was an assistant here, and um, we actually have the biggest group that's that's gone on this adventure. I mm-hmm. uh, will call it an adventure because each day you know you're you're looking for okay, what's the workout? And like, as soon as we're finished, it's, it's, it's almost like a, uh, I don't say it's like a drug, but it's like, as soon as you're finished the workout, you go, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? Yeah. And you got to wait a little bit. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been really good. Um, it's, it's a nice way to, so we have, um, one of our assistant soccer coaches, um, my, two of my assistants, uh, head baseball coaches is, is coming in and we've really kind of, we have a, we have a group chat mm-hmm. that we'll talk about every night. Um, and it's been, it's been a great way to kind of bond in the room and bring some people in and have them do some new things. You know, our, our head men's and women's golf coach is involved in it because he's kind of in the past year dedicated himself to training, but he's been doing more bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So this is a new experience for him kind of working on the strength side of things. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we follow the script. Um, we add a couple of things, whether it's, you know, core exercises, things like that. Um, because for some reason I can't get away from trying to do all that stuff. Uh, but it's it's been good. We're looking we're looking to uh, it, we're looking to get some good numbers this year. I'm yeah. Trying to get back to my college squat weight. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been at for a little while. Okay. So um, trying to get back up above 400, um, and uh, and we'll see. We got a couple weeks left. Uh, we're about halfway through the fourth week. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, an extra we got, week we got, this yeah, year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, no Saturdays this year, which has actually been kind of nice. Uh-huh. Um, it's let me do a couple things with my family on the weekends. Cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's been really good. We're really happy. We're really thankful that you know that's something that uh, you know Coach Asmus uh, provides for the entire world. Yeah, um, it's it's a really cool communal thing. So um, it's been going great here. We I, I get kids coming up to me. I'll sit in the Norman Tech booth sometimes in the athletic <laughs> training room. Kids come up to me smirking, going, "Squat over, huh?" <laughs> so <laughs> it's awesome. uh, it, it's really it's it's kind of cool. Again, my my uh, athletic director comes in when we're working out, and he goes, "All right, all right, meatheads, back to work." That kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, and one of the the coolest things I think about the strength and conditioning world in college is that you've name dropped 10, 15 coaches on this podcast, and. In Olympic, so I'm doing Olympic weightlifting now, and it's very that we follow our coach's program, and that's like a secret. And then where strength and conditioning, it's like anyone you ask will tell you anything you want to know. I know that you would tell any coach everything that's going on here, everything that can make their athletes better. So I think that's awesome that like the college setting is like that. It really is. I I think you know. it's one of those things where we're all working towards the same goal. Um, you know, we'll have we'll have people come in and want to volunteer. People come in and just want to want to pick my brain um, and and to think about it. I'm like, 
all right, like, why do you want to pick my brain? <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll be willing to give you any information that I have. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something a lot of coaches have done for me. Um, and, you know, to, to name drop, like, along the way, you get a lot of hands up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in return, you want to help push push the industry forward, but also help those coaches or help, help those individuals who might be trying to figure out where where they fit in or how their path, like what's their path. So, you know, I've been, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of coaches who have, who have helped me and have developed me. Um, so I just, that's, that's one thing I think, and you'll see that across the board with collegiate strength and conditioning, even high school strength and conditioning as it gets more and more popular, um, you know, or more and more uh, accessible, I guess would be the better term. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that, you know, we just, it, it's, you get a bunch of strength coaches in a room together, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been uh, something that you know I want to I want to help out in. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's a fun it's a fun world. That's but awesome. I, 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 I can kind of see how the Olympic Olympic weightlifting world would be a little bit different. Um, you know, it's kind of like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah. You know, what it's like, like, yeah, what are you doing for pulls or what are you like, what's your squat waves looking like and. We're like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> we, we don't want to let you tell you the whole thing. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, so, um, where can people support Eastern support the program? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, if you guys, we have an Instagram um, handle at uh, Iron Eagles SC, all one word. Um, I probably should have put some underscores in there, or something to split it up. But um, you know, uh, just reach out to me on on Instagram. Um, you know. Uh, we're, we're trying to post more and more things as we can per what we're allowed to do NCAA-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of our bylaws and part of our rules and how we do things. Um, but, um, you know, support podcasts like yours. Yeah. Right? That's like, that's what, that's, that's so what So I hope about. you guys took yeah. away as um, much as I did from that just, one. Uh, I appreciate Make it. Make sure to follow it. Coach Salson yeah, on so Instagram at IronEaglesSC. He mentioned off air that he's trying to do a little bit more on Instagram. So he's responsible for 19 different sports. So if you are a strength coach, you can get a ton from following him, how he trains different sports like soccer, lacrosse, baseball, volleyball. So he's doing programs for a lot of different sports, a lot of different focus areas. So I think a lot of people can take away from that. So I just have one ask of you guys this week before I let you go. If you haven't already, please give the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes and review it if there's something you like about it. Even if there's something you don't like, I'd love to hear your feedback. And one more ask, I lied. If you guys could share the episode on your Instagram story this week, that would be awesome. Let me know, tag me, send me a DM that you put it on your story. I'd love to see that. I'd love to just hear feedback on the podcast. I'm so grateful that I get to do this every week. You guys don't even realize how much I'm getting as a person and how much I'm learning as a podcast guest. So I'm really happy with this episode. I hope you guys have an awesome week and just make sure that whatever you're doing this week, just make sure you're being better than you were yesterday.